2: Roads I didn't expect to go down today, Alex, for 100. Jeff Fairholm, my favorite rough rider ever, he was on John Heward's staff. He said to one of the reporters, I think it was Perry Lefko, he's like, would you interview me, Perry? And Perry goes, no, no, I can't, because if I interview you, you'll be fired. John Heward said so. Jeff goes, yeah, so interview me. I want out of here. (laughs) And I think that's exactly what happened. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi everybody. Oh, that was a great story. Thank you for away for that. Welcome uh, everybody to your favorite daytime sports talk show. Life is great. It really is. I hope yours is today on this Tuesday. How could it not be in beautiful, sunshiny South Florida? That's one half of the show. Uh, the other half is Toronto. Don't mind me. I'm just voting on a poll here as we head up to uh, Toronto for the other half of the show. Darren, Moose DuPont joining us from there, very close to the Game Plus Studios. that is our television carrier all across Canada and one U.S. States, and of course, we're on the radio in Atlanta. And listen up, Atlanta, because you're going to be re- heard from in the news here coming up
3: here shortly. But Moose, what's popping with you? How are things? Yeah, things are great. It's uh, rain-soaked here. So I think that rain that was in New York last night don't mean to laugh at what went on last night, but I think that's made its way. Um, up north here to uh, the GTA. Yeah, a lot of uh, rain
2: across the eastern seaboard uh, for NFL Sunday and Monday. And there is your weather report. Uh, Coming up on the program today, we've got Luke Gazdick from Maple Leeds and Rogers Sportsnet NHL coverage. He's in hour one and in hour two, Blue Jays podcaster and columnist Mike Wilner the infamous host for years and years and years of Jay's talk. And other than that, can you hit the quick six show horn, please, as Director Jordan, <laughs> and we will get down to business. You know, this is the great thing about this show and live daytime sports talk. We are live, I think, and here's the breaking news we are all waiting for. Aaron Rodgers has a torn left Achilles tendon, according to a source, and the quarterback... Likely will miss the rest of the New York Jets season. An MRI this morning confirmed the four-time MVP's injury. The source told the Associated Press, Jets coach Robert Sala was scheduled to speak to reporters on a video call this afternoon. NFL Network was the first to report Rodgers tore his Achilles tendon, confirming the Jets' fears. And, of course, torn Achilles tendons typically take months uh, to recuperate due to the extensive rehabilitation that's required. So the story on that, of course, comes out of Monday Night Football. That was where we would have started, except for this breaking news that we now know that it's a torn Achilles. I don't know if the team's officially announced it or not, Darren, but here is the two, three-sentence Associated Press story from Monday night. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers was knocked out of the game with an Achilles injury just four plays into his New York Jets debut. But his NFL team rallied behind its defense and shocked the Buffalo Bills 22 16 in overtime. Jets rookie Xavier Gibson returned a punt 64 yards for the winning score. So, how about that? We all, you and I both, and a lot of 60% of our respondents voted for the Jets to win last night. We didn't think it would happen this way. What a Monday night football opener, Darryl. Your thoughts?
3: Whoa, yeah, it was. It was something, you know. And for that to happen so soon, I mean, you have Jets fans that literally in week one see their season go up in smoke. They, they, they're done. But their defense is still really good. Um, they had an amazing catch for the touchdown that Zach Wilson threw and Garrett Wilson somehow caught. Um, And they survived, but now we know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play the rest of the year, and that's the big story. And on the other side, Bills fans couldn't take advantage of that. When you're playing a Jets team without Aaron Rodgers all game, and Josh Allen turns the ball over four times, um, including three interceptions to the same player, it was was a wild Monday night uh, uh, opener, no doubt.
2: Well, it's quite interesting that you would say that because Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback, said afterwards, he goes, it's tough when you feel like you lost your team the game and I lost my team the game. The three picks you mentioned, but also he fumbled at a critical time in the fourth quarter. And, um, yeah, the Bills lose, and they were favored by two going into the game. So with Aaron Rodgers out, Zach Wilson rallying them to victory, that is the poll question today for our friends at Key Auto Group. It didn't take long right out of the gate. Uh, In our poll question daily for Key Auto Group. With the Key Auto Group, most vehicles receive a lifetime engine warranty. Guaranteed. Go to keyautogroup.ca slash the key advantage for eligibility and maintenance requirements. The Key Auto Group here to take care of you. Who should replace Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets? That's the poll question today. And our options are Zach Wilson, the incumbent. Tom Brady. Tom Edward Brady. Three, Nathan Warwick, Should they swing a trade or go snatch him off the Jaguars practice roster? Or oh, somebody that we haven't even heard of or thought about yet. My vote is for Zach. Last I saw, he's running away with the, with the vote that Zach Wilson should be the guy that the New York Jets will stick with. And I think that he is when they go into Dallas in week two. Unless you uh, think otherwise, uh, Darren, what was your vote? What, what, what do they do now in the absence of Aaron Rodgers?
3: This becomes Zach Wilson's team again. I really believe that. Um, You know, throwing Tom Brady in the poll is is very intriguing. And he looks great. And he's staying connected to the National Football League. And looks like he's staying in shape and all the rest. Um, And there's always that possibility. Uh, It's a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl. But I think, at least for the time being, this is Zach Wilson's team. Now, he only came in and threw 140 yards. Even down the stretch in that game in the fourth quarter, they didn't trust him to throw the football. Even to throw it up to Garrett Wilson, uh, they ran the ball, controlled the clock. So I don't know how big, how long his leash is going to be. But I think if he stumbles at all in the next two, three weeks, I think they give him at least two, three, four weeks. But if he stumbles at all, and they've got a tough schedule, then I think you'll see Tom Brady rumors start to, to bubble a little bit to the surface, whether there's any credibility to them or not.
2: Folks, we got a lot of time here. Two hours on Game Plus Television and Key Radio to get into all of these topics. So just settle in. We've got all these new viewers um, as we've added a new cable carrier in Western Canada. Up to 2 million new homes being subjected to the RP show on Game Plus Television. So just, Darren, you... If I told Jaffair, you would know who this guy is, but I talked to a football coach in the United States today and via phone, and it was a fun chat. And one thing about this show is I just let everybody in on our world and my conversations. And he brought up what you just said. You said Zach Wilson only threw for 100 and whatever it was. He goes, Rod, you look around the NFL in week one and very few quarterbacks threw for over 200 yards. Win or lose. And I said, well... Joe Burrow didn't even throw over 100 yards. He's like, yep. So you, if you talk to the odds makers and the point spread makers, they, and those making picks, they said week one is usually just a, <laughs> just a dog's breakfast as it is. Right? Um, yeah. So for the Jets, it really was. But they won. Aaron Rodgers is gone. And I could sit and go on forever and ever and ever. They, they played a larger snippet of that interview with John McEnroe and Aaron Rodgers on the pregame show. I don't know whether you watched it or not. And we'll have to come back on this because there's a lot of topics to get to here today. But basically, John McEnroe said, if you saw it, he's like, what if things go wrong, Aaron? Have you thought about if things go wrong? And Aaron was like, why would you even put that out there? Why would you even give that life? <laughs> and then four yeah, plays in. Erp, <clears throat> so, way to go, John. Mack and Blame hit! Yeah. Point two. The Toronto Blue Jays will a- The Toronto Blue Jays will attempt to even their four-game series with the visiting Texas Rangers tonight when they send lefty Jin Rue to the mound. Jays had their three-game win streak snap Monday with a 10-4 loss to Texas. Meanwhile, Randall Gritchick drove in the go-ahead run with an RBI single on the top of the 11th and the Los Angeles Angels beat the Saint, uh, Seattle Mariners 8-5. The Mariners have lost four in a row and they're fourth now in the american league wildcard race a half a game behind the rangers and a full game behind the toronto blue jays um if people have noticed i saved the cfl for the second segment where we can spend more time on it people have written in moose with some cfl questions and some good ones and we'll get to that i've had two people in the last day say different things to me one is you're a great cfl ambassador that's one. And two, you're the Pat McAfee of the CFL. And I thought, I've heard that before. I don't know how I feel about that, but I guess I'll take it. As long as I can play. Uh, live in Florida, I'll be the CFL ambassador uh, all you want. As long as I can live here.
3: Yeah? Yeah. I like it. I like it. And two great comparisons um, and two great things. Hey, if that's what you're known for, um, I'd be really proud of that. But I know there's a lot more to what we do are- than just that.
2: Right, far worse things than that. Uh, But point three, the breaking news today from the Hockey World Center, Adam Lowry was named the Winnipeg Jets new captain today. He is the third Jets captain since the team moved from Atlanta to Winnipeg in 2011. He follows Andrew Ladd and Blake Wheeler. Lowry scored 13 times and added 23 assists for the Jets last season. He has 93 goals and 111 assists. Over nine NHL seasons, all with Winnipeg, the St. Louis, Missouri product, son of longtime NHLer Dave Lowry, was selected 67th overall in the 2011 NHL entry draft. He was an alternate captain last year, along with Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley. All I'll say about this is I think the Jets are moving in the right direction. I I've, I've called Adam Lowry's games in the Western Hockey League, but I don't personally know him. But just look at him. He's a man child. Uh, He seems very mature on the ice. He's an honest player. He seems to be everything that you'd want to have in your. captain. yesterday on the spot. You did a really nice job of coming up with your one through seven rankings of Canadian NHL teams. And for those uninitiated or maybe who weren't following, here's the recap. Darren had Edmonton 1, Toronto 2, Calgary 3, Ottawa 4, Vancouver 5, Winnipeg 6, Montreal 7. You've had 24 hours to percolate on that. I see some people on TikTok didn't necessarily entirely care for your prediction. There were some F-bombs dropped in there. Do you want to change it or are you sticking with that?
3: I'd only maybe, again, I said on the show that 4 through 6 can be juggled. Um, and there's some intrigue some fans have said uh, watch out for the Canucks they're gonna surprise you but you know what no it was on the spot I'll stick with it Um, I feel like I need to apologize to Winnipeg fans for putting you sixth but you know what somebody had to go sixth then after the way last year ended and the change they've had um, I like the direction they're headed but no I'll stick with it I'll I'll be a man and and I'll stick with what uh, what I said yesterday.
2: That's funny because some of the comments I read were telling you to do things that were anatomically impossible. That's yes, what I saw.
3: Exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, you saw those, eh? Hey? So these are. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Listen,
2: I have a TikTok account. I just very rarely peruse. I honestly can't stand it. But when you post things, I do go on from our account to just to have a see what people are saying. And they weren't real nice when it came to your NHL predictions. So here are mine if I may, and you're right. The top 2 is real easy. It gets real difficult from I'd say 3 through 6. But here are mine, Rods. Canadian NHL rankings 1 through 7. Number 1, the Edmonton Oilers. How about Number that? 2, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Those match yours. Number 3, it took a while. But I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Calgary Flames. Perennial underachievers. But now's the time. Hot to put up or shut up. Number four, the Winnipeg Jets. A lot more Winnipeg love from me than him. Number five, the Vancouver Canucks. Ho, ho, ho. Number six, the Ottawa Senators. And number seven, the Montreal Canadiens. And that might be a Western-Canadian bias from me. Yeah, but I don't care. You know what I mean? I don't watch Ottawa and Montreal as much as I do watch the Flames, Jets, the Canucks, the Orders. But those are mine. And uh, I think Vancouver misses the playoffs, as do Ottawa and Montreal. But I, I I got... The Jets made the playoffs last year with a dysfunctional outfit. They've made all these changes to correct things in the summer you'd like to think that they're better as a matter of fact i'm putting them ahead of calgary let's do that again edmonton one toronto two winnipeg three (laughs) calgary four vancouver five ottawa six montreal seven there you go our hockey coverage is brought to you in part by common crown brewing Head down to the tap room Thursday through Saturday, noon to 8 p.m. Check out Common Crown Brewing at commoncrown.ca. They have us on the televisions there. They tell me on their cable television, Common Crown Brewing, they uh, bring you our sports updates and hockey coverage. Now, we've got a couple minutes here um, in this segment, and it's going to be a lot of CFL next segment and whatever everybody else wants to talk about, Darren. But, I listen... My question is this, the CFL stretch drive kicks off this week with week 15 games. So we're going to take a look at this week's schedule. We're going to look at the standings. I'm going to ask you and our audience what they think is going to happen from now to the end of the regular season. But I talked to a football coach this morning, as I mentioned to you, and he said, we were talking about the Elks, and he goes, now they're dangerous. And at 0-9, who would have thought that? But they are. Winners of three of their last four, and they go into Sask this week. And a Sask win probably snuffs out any chance Edmonton has of catching Saskatchewan, but an Edmonton win, and oh boy. Oh boy. So we'll look at all the teams and everything else when we come back. So we are only halfway through the warm-up. We are live on the Game Plus television network. WQEE Radio Podcast and YouTube Live. Collectors register for the premier sports card convention, where collectors, enthusiasts, and sports lovers unite to celebrate the beauty and value of their treasured items. Taking place in Red Deer, Alberta, in the Parkland Pavilion, September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. Get your tickets and more information at PremierSportsCardCon.ca. That's Premier Sports Card Con dot ca and speaking of red deer as i uh, will bring moose in here he's in tirana i'm in south florida ted in red deer writes in and he says no tea time for me today i'm gonna sit back and enjoy the best two-hour sports talk show thank you ted glad to have you out there in red deer uh adam in hamilton says i've never liked the new york jets but if nathan Rourke started playing for them i'll become an instant jets fan <laughs> de, 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 de. And Leanne says, before I get back on point, uh, she says, financially, can the Jets even afford Brady? I'll say something that the football t- people told me a while back, and I haven't forgotten it, Darren, and that is, don't worry about the salary cap stuff. Now it's not for you and me or you, Leanne, to worry about. They'll figure it out. Somehow or another, the New England Patriots found 13 million dollars to give to Antonio Brown when he was a free agent, and however million they gave AB uh, in Tampa Bay when they went on to win a Super Bowl. So Tom, number one, doesn't need a lot of money, and so I don't think he's going there. And two, don't worry about it. Is that is that fair? Because I know the fans want to worry about things. That's a fan's lot. But I've been instructed not to worry about those things. You?
3: Yeah, it's a great. Outset or mindset to have. You can't worry about it. Don't worry about the salary cap. They'll figure it out. The Nathan Rourke angle is interesting because you know that the agents are there, and you know that the Jets are starting to look at who else is out there. Um, They need a strong number two. I mean, they've got another quarterback that they'll bring off the practice roster and and activate, but, um, you know, People are starting to wonder, where's Chris strevler in all of this? Where's Nathan Rourke? Does he get snapped up off the Jags practice roster? So there's all kinds of different angles, and they'll be looking really uh, far and wide to assess their options and make sure that room is deep because the group around is ready to compete for a Super Bowl.
2: We interrupt this broadcast to tell you that Thaddeus is watching from the Pompano Beach House. Thad is watching our favorite general manager. We were just down there on Friday. Thanks for lunch, Thad. Moose, you met Thad right when you came through? For the, you had to. Oh, yeah. For the 1,000th episode. And here's what he told me. Here's a little inside tip. He goes, I watch your show if I like what's on the thumbnail. If that, if that, if that hooks me in, I'll check and see what you guys are talking about on there. So that's why on today's thumbnail, we put on... Aaron Rodgers, we put on Jake Dalagala, the Saskatchewan Roughriders quarterback, and Neon Leon Dreisaitl. Because if it's hockey, Thad's going to check in. And the thing is, we already talked hockey here, Thad, and it was we rated the teams in Canada 1 through 7 how they are. And to be honest, there's a lot of people here, Moose, saying that you're right on, and there are a lot saying that I'm right on. So I guess we'll find out. One thing I do know Nobody's going to go back and look at this once the regular season is over. That's the one thing people forget. No. And, and, and also, we have some latecomers here today. Jen at the Four Seasons Sports Palace writes in. She says, have we confirmed? Have we confirmed that it's his Achilles? Yes, it's been confirmed. We opened the show with it. Aaron Rodgers is done for the year, which... Uh, It's so sad. I would assume you watched the pregame thing. I mean, we watched the documentary on 9-11. Monday was, of course, the 22-year anniversary of it. I told you flags here in America were at half-mass. I'm sure I would hope that a lot were in Canada. And uh, all of the Jets were on the field, and Aaron Rodgers comes trucking out with the Stars and Stripes banner on his own. which would surprise me a little bit, I don't know the guy. I'll say that again about Carlos. I'm sorry, Carlos writing in from Indianapolis. No, I'll say this about Aaron Rodgers. I don't know him. I know a lot of guys that do, and they love him. I'm a little surprised that on opening night, his first start, he would be okay with the whole team going out first and then him coming out last with the flag. I, I thought it was awesome, but it surprises me. What did you think about that?
3: Yeah, I thought it was, you know, Aaron embracing the role. He's the face of the franchise now. Um, Even if it's only for a year or two or three or however long he decides to stay in New York. Um, But I thought it was cool. Um, You know, their leader with the flag on September the 11th with everything that that day means, especially in the United States and in that city. I thought it was really cool. But you're right. Like, he seemed like a guy who, although likes the spotlight and likes to be thought highly of and talked about and that kind of thing, um, never really. Wanted to stand up and puff out his chest and just be look at me, look at me, look at me. I wasn't sure he was going to be that guy, but he embraced it. I thought it was cool and it made for a really great moment.
2: We're going to segue here in a second, but I, Fad, was I felt quite excited to learn of Serena and my new podcast, which actually debuts Wednesday the Cats and Bolts podcast, where we talk Florida NHL hockey split. Right down the middle, 50% Florida Panthers, 50% Tampa Bay Lightning. And we will both be in Estero, Florida this weekend for the Prospects Tournament with the uh, top rookies and prospects of the Panthers, Lightning, Hurricanes, and Predators. So uh, all podcast platforms will have the Cats and Bolts podcast. Now, Alan Lampman writes in on the text line 902-518-3033. Here's our segue between football leagues, our text lines for EMJ Marketing. They'll provide the proper keynote speaker for your event. Contact Joe at emjmarketing.com. Alan says, good morning, Rod and Moose. Alan from Lampman here. Back on the combine today. I think Zach Wilson did enough yesterday to hold the Jets job for now. I could see Rod's Cowboys trading Cooper Rush or Trey Lance to the Jets. I wasn't able to watch a lot of football this weekend. Here's the questions I had. Number one, does the turf matter as much as people are making it out to be a problem in terms of the injuries like Rogers' Achilles? And two, in my opinion, the Rough Riders are Jekyll and Hyde when playing at home versus on the road. What's the scoop here? Better nightlife in other cities in the CFL? Or just the mojo and noise of playing at Mosaic is the difference? Thanks. Look forward to listening live again. We're st- I told Serena, I said, Alan and Lampman represents the demographic that I really want. That Sask farmer listening live now. Write us, man. Bring it in. B- listen live every day. This is what we want. I want everybody watching, as I said to you, Moose, in our morning meeting today and listening. But I, if we can capture that Sask egg producer, I'd be the happiest guy in the world. Number one, I'm not a doctor, and I don't even pretend to play one on TV, but I, I do think the grass versus turf argument is way overblown. Did we not do studies? 20 years in the CFL here when they brought in field turf, and we went from the grass to the turf, and then from astroturf to field turf, the, 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 the injuries plummeted. Millions upon millions of dollars was spent for the synthetic surface to nullify injuries, and it worked. So now every time we have an Achilles injury or some serious knee injury, it's like, we've got to go back to grass. That's why we went to turf in the first place, eh? A, and, and I'll get to the Rough Rider question in a moment because I said we were going to talk about the stretch drive in the CFL, but I, I think way too much is made about it, but maybe I should shoot a text to my athletic therapy friends, and they would have an answer. What do you think the answer is to that question?
3: Yeah, they would be the people to talk to and the players for sure. Um I think you know grass is probably still a preferred option as to, to the synthetic turf. I think you know the field grass that they have now is is still better than the AstroTurf that they brought in which was new and cool and could be easily drained away of water and snow and all that kind of stuff. But I think one of the arguments I saw on social is soccer is not pretentious but have higher standards that they won't even play on this they have to play on grass why won't they let the players for football have the same standards to play on grass i think we have this shift back where we thought commonwealth stadium was archaic playing on grass the only field on grass my god they're in the stone age that's what we thought they didn't have the astroturf you know and and now stadiums are starting to go back and the preferred choice is grass. So, I mean, it's the generation, it's whatever, but um, I I don't think it's a huge problem because these injuries aren't happening every day.
2: John in Edmonton, it's going to be one of those days. I'll allow one question from John in Edmonton because people have been annoying me overall today and John seems like the guy could just send me right around the bend to the cuckoo barn. And I don't want that. So he says, should sports teams count tickets scanned rather than tickets bought for attendance? Several months ago, I told you, Darren, I don't care about that anymore. And I still don't care about that anymore. It would be nice if they counted the tickets scanned so we knew what the exact number of people were in the building. That's what we used to do in sports. When I say we was when I was drawing a paycheck in the league. I'm not anymore. So it would be nice to know. Like somebody says Edmonton's like second in the league in attendance. I'm like, what? (laughs) Are you watching the games? So I don't even want to talk. I don't want to talk about it, John, because they lie. Newsflash. Teams lie. Boys lie. Back on point to the CFL thing with what we expect's going to happen the rest of the way. Just from a Saskatchewan perspective, they got 6 games to go. I got them going 3 and 3 in this final third. That would put them at 9 wins and that's good enough for a playoff spot. Whether they make the uh, sorry, host a game or not, I don't know, but they're going to win 3 and I think they'll be in the playoffs. This Friday night game, I read the quote from Craig Dickinson, the head coach of Saskatchewan, basically saying if they win this game Friday night against 7-10, it'll per- not clinch but Help cement their playoff spot. Uh, you look across the CFL with in terms of wins, uh, Darren. Toronto. I had it written down here. Toronto's got ten wins. Montreal six out of the East Division. Hamilton five. Ottawa three. Like Ottawa can still finish second and host a game. That's a fact. And in the West, Winnipeg ten wins. B.C. eight. Sask six. Calgary 4, Edmonton 3. How many teams going to miss the playoffs in the West, Darren? One or two in your mind?
3: I was just thinking about that. And, I, and my first thought was, man, Edmonton can get on a roll. And maybe Saskatchewan, if they get to nine wins, I'm with you. They'll, they'll get in the playoffs um, with, Edmonton, with Winnipeg and BC. And Edmonton now will look at Hamilton and Ottawa and maybe try and cross over. That's an option. But... I think at the end of the day, I think we're going to see two teams in the West miss the playoffs. I think the East, between Montreal, Hamilton, and Ottawa, will get it together, and two of those teams will make the playoffs. So I think we'll have a good balance this year, and two teams in the West will miss.
2: Thank you for that. Jay in Winnipeg writes in on the streaming and says, Captain Lowry, your thoughts, RP? My thoughts are, we covered it 15 minutes ago. Show up on time. I've got a jukebox that you plug in a quarter and I'll play the song that you request. Please and thank you.
3: Spicy.
2: John in Edmonton says you can't trust everybody. Who can you actually trust? Yeah, that's why people are annoying me, John. I'm asking myself that question. And with the attendance, like, we're so far past what the Florida Panthers' attendance was or what the Arizona Coyotes' attendance is or just about any Major League Baseball team. Who cares? I don't anymore. Uh, anything else, Moose, before I let you go?
3: No, just a, like the last word for me on the attendance thing. As I saw it, people were you know, saying, there's no way the Argos had that many people that they reported, but Somebody else actually said they're the one team that actually reports scanned tickets versus bought tickets. Look, if you're in the front office and on the business side, you need to report tickets sold. But for the fans and the media and things you publish online, it needs to be tickets scanned. But that's just dreaming and they're going to do whatever they want to do. So I don't really care. (laughs) Who else? What other
2: show talks about these things? And we have talked about it for a long time. I don't want to talk about it anymore. You know, it used to be a lot of fun in the press boxes. They would have the list. Put your name down, guess the attendance. They did it in a lot of... We did it in the Agridome. They did it at Commonwealth Stadium for years. It was always fun. They don't do it anymore. Because what they announce is fictional. It's a fairy tale. So why would I even put a toonie down on this to guess what lie they're going to tell? Why would I do that? Might as well just go buy a lottery ticket. And a couple things. This will uh, hold you over till hour two. Remind, Remember these, Darren. Arlen Bruce III writes in. He says, great morning, RP. And Darren, is the NFL more like a Netflix series or a soap opera? It's only week one. And he said, well, the Bombers win the Grey Cup this year in Hamilton. Hang on to that because you were talking about that similar earlier in our morning meeting about the drama. And Leanne says, Jets fans officially have more trauma then, Riders fans, the firemen must be devastated. We'll talk about that, too. But Luke Gazdick next from Maple Leeds and Rogers Sportsnet. will be right back on Game Plus TV, WQE, radio, podcast, and YouTube Live. NHL prospects hit the ice this weekend here in South Florida. The Southeast tourney gets going with the Predators, Lightning, Panthers, and Hurricanes. Rookies Friday night in Estero, Florida at the Hertz Arena. We'll be there. If you are, come on down and say hi. Our hockey coverage is brought to you in part by Common Crown Brewing Company. Head down to the tap room Thursday through Saturday in Calgary, noon to 8 p.m., Check out Common Crown Brewing Company at commoncrown.ca. Luke Gazdick joins us from Maple Leeds and Sportsnet.ca. Uh, Sportsnet overall, 147 NHL games with the Orders and the Devils. Toronto kid. Hey, Luke, how excited are you for the start of hockey season, man? I feel like it's been 10 years since hockey.
4: Yeah, hey, Rod, how you doing? I am. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm fired up to get things going here. I will tell you that i did play in a lot of those prospect tournaments i was in traverse city uh, michigan with the dallas stars for three or four of those and uh and then a a lot of training camps throughout my career and it's a lot less stressful on this end now not being a part of it so uh, i'm excited to get things going man lots of storylines and uh um it's it's exciting
2: okay well hang on because you went there i was thinking it so i'm going to ask you texas stars Austin, Texas, just a jewel of a city. Tell people something that they wouldn't know about Austin, Texas, and I assume you loved it uh, playing there for so well,
4: long. My, what, did what did you love the most? What did you love my the favorite most? professional hockey stop that I've made, and uh, I I think I might have taken it a gra- for granted a little bit because it was the first place I went in my whole career. I uh, signed with Dallas, uh, didn't make the team out of main camp. Um, I ended up being in Austin. We were just north of Austin in Cedar Park for for four years. I was there. Incredible town, live music everywhere, some of the best food you'll eat all of texas and and the people were just unbelievable too it was just the coolest place to play hockey very college town university of texas longhorns uh it was a really uh, special place i have some pretty cool memories from there
2: yeah it is a great town thank you for that so i don't want to put you on the spot but i think you can handle it we've had some fun the last couple of days ranking one through seven canada's nhl teams off the top of your head, and I know that you do a lot of analysis, would this be an easy ranking or a hard one for you? Who would you go with?
4: Ooh, good question. Um, seven, I'll, I'll go seven is probably Montreal. That's the team that sticks out to me the most as having the most work to do. Um, they have some young prospects, but they're still a ways away. Um, let's move up into six. I will Five, six, I'm going to put um winnipeg and ottawa uh, i'm not Ooh. sure of that order back to back uh i think calgary is better than both of those i think then goes toronto and then edmonton uh, i'm not yep. sure if i got all seven in there i hope i did but i think edmonton is the best canadian team with toronto just slightly behind uh and for the simple reason of Connor mcdavid
2: Buddy, I love it. I love it. I love it. You're, you're more like my co-host, Darren, who is a Leaf fan than what mine are. But it's a wrestle for me between the Jets and the Flames, to be honest with you. Uh, what tips the scales in your favor that you say the Flames are better than, than the Jets? Because, you know, their talent's one thing, culture's another. And both have something to prove
4: in that regard. You know what, and Rod, I could probably go back and forth with those two for the simple reason of I feel like both have lost their way in terms of culture. Um, I'm not sure what's happening, especially in Calgary, in terms of guys not wanting to play there anymore. I always thought that was such a special place uh, in the league and in the NHL. Uh, And it's just seeming like the culture's lost a bit, where you have these guys who, especially the RFAs coming up and aren't really committing to long-term deals. And um, I never thought that would be you know the the thing with calgary but i love their roster i I think they're they're pretty deep up front jacob markstrom's an elite goaltender winnipeg the same thing too uh if Connor hellebuck can kind of come back to form they will be competitive um they're not the winnipeg of old where it was big strong physical heavy Um, they picked up a couple good pieces in that LA trade. I thought, but it's the same thing there with culture. And, uh, I just, I'm not sure how many people in Winnipeg, any people playing there, want to be there. Um, and it's certainly a concern. I could flip flop those two though, Rod, those are two very interesting case studies for me this year, uh, because I really, I'm curious to see how things are going to play out. I think they both need big starts.
2: Well they do um and i just think winnipeg's a year ahead in fixing the culture because rick bonus has been there for a year already in calgary they're gonna try something new under ryan husky whom i believe in but i want to ask you this as a former nhl player i hear this a lot in the markets in some cases from nhl staff that it's taxes in canada the players don't want to play in canada and also calgary's arena is there a buzz among the players, or, or or is that just a just an excuse?
4: I mean, guys will look for excuses, but it, it's that combination, that deadly combination of three: right, the taxes, the weather, and the arena. Because if you go to pretty much any facility in the league now, you look at Edmondson, you look at Little Caesars in Detroit and these brand-new arenas, it's tough as a player to look at one of those and look at the 10,000-square-foot gym they have at Rogers Arena in Edmondson and then go to Calgary at the Dome and and see kind of the situation they have there. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's playing hockey and where you have the best opportunity to play as a player and I don't know, this this culture has kind of turned into this pick and choose and I want to play here and I want to play here. You look at Pierre-Luc Dubois finally getting settled. And it's third team. He finally gets to play in the place he wants to play. And I just never understood that as a player. I I always thought, like I said before, I, I hold Calgary in high regard. I think the Dome is one of the coolest buildings in, in, the, in the league. Um, it might be a little old, but it, it's still pretty unique. People of Calgary are awesome. You're right by the mountains and Hey, it's winter in Canada. It's going to be cold. Uh, uh, You know, the warm weather climates I I didn't really like, to be honest. I I like that hockey season in the winter. So uh, I hope more more guys turn around because there's starting to be little scuttlebutts like that about people not wanting to come play north of the border.
2: Yeah, well, listen, look, I get it. And I don't know you well, Luke, but you seem like a bit of an old school kind of guy. And the new breed of players, they've gotten what they've wanted their whole life. So now they just want to pick where they're going to play. And... It doesn't always work that way, but that's the way the players are now. Um, Now, you're a Toronto kid. Does that, by proxy, make you a Leaf fan? Like, is that the team you cheer for the most? I I feel like it is. Am I right in saying that?
4: Oh, 100%. That was, uh, for me growing up... I took the subway down to, to Maple Leaf Gardens and, and watched a bunch of games when I was a kid. And then the early 2000s Leaf teams, uh, you know, especially in 2004 when they made the, the run to the Western Conference or an Eastern Conference Final, sorry, um, with Gary Roberts and Brian McCabe and Captain Matt Sundin. Those were my Leaf teams I watched. So as I begin playing pro, I think I lost a bit of that. But now being back in the city uh, and living here full time, I'm, I'm kind of starting to, to feel it a bit more.
2: Well, we have a minute, and I'll just say this. You guys all think the Leafs are good. Is it, It's your year. But now everybody thinks it's the Leafs year. Not just Leaf fans. Everybody thinks this is the year. At least that's the sense I get. How will that affect this locker room and this team? That's even more pressure than they're used to. That's how I feel, or what I
4: feel. Yeah, uh, we we'll love have to look, put a lot of pressure on the players here in Toronto. But truthfully, this is one of the best rosters I've seen them have, top to bottom. They're a little thin on the back end still, and Ilya Samsonov, to me, is still fairly unproven. He had a decent year last year, but they're they're not going to have trouble scoring goals. They're not going to have trouble getting on the power play and scoring goals. Uh, it's a really good team on, on paper, but um, they're going to have to show me something here first. And I think they're going to have to show some fans here first uh, that they're going to play the right way. And um, definitely high hopes. I'm sure the locker room will say they don't hear that and they don't hear all that outside noise. But um, I know the players and they're going to feel some pressure too. That's definitely for sure.
2: Can't wait to get it going, Luke. Thanks for this, man. Mitts off, that's where people can find you now?
4: Yeah, seven episodes into my podcast, mitts off with Luke Gazdick. Uh, and, of course, you'll see me on Sportsnet uh, on Hockey Central as the season begins.
2: Break a leg, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Rob. NHL analyst Luke Gazdick. We'll be right back with an audience takeover and a sports update. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Podcast, and YouTube Live. Last segment of our one right here. we going to get to audience takeover and a sports update. And then the next hour, we'll bring the moose back in. we got a lot of things to get to. Hope you're enjoying the show as much as we are. Hope you're enjoying the new CFL football on the set. Uh, I like two things. People have said, uh, Rod, you're the USA ambassador for the CFL. And some said, the Pat McAfee of the CFL. I said, as long as I can live in Florida... I'll take both. Call me whatever you want. And I appreciate those rallying to answer our questions here. For one, people said uh, grass versus turf. Aaron Rodgers' Achilles is too much being made of this. Norm Fong watches every day. Hall of Fame Equipment Manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Fongo writes in and says, Rod, a frozen grass field is much more dangerous than a frozen turf field. So there you go. How about that? EMJ marketing text line 902-518-3033. He's saying grass is worse in frozen conditions. I was always led to believe that the new field turf, there's nothing better than what they would have at MetLife Stadium. Don't blame the playing surface for what happened to Aaron Rodgers last night. Regarding what's going to happen in the final third of the Canadian Football League regular season, Larry Sweets watching in South Carolina. He writes in, says, Rod, one factor to look at. Once the Bombers and Argos clinch their divisions, a number of starters will not be playing. This could help the teams on the bubble for the playoffs if playing either the Bombers or Argos. Trust me, I thought about that. And Sask's last game is versus Toronto in Sask. I thought about it, Larry. I did. I still think Sask goes 3-3 three three the rest of the way. That would put them at 9-9, nine and nine and they would... F- qualify for the playoffs under that. I haven't looked at all the other schedules, but consider this. It's not a gimme that it's a throwaway game for teams that have clinched already. The opposition is going to be motivated, but your backups on the Argos and Bombers are going to want to prove that they're not pushovers. This is their chance. We've been in these situations before on both sides, and I've seen the team that's supposed to lose win. I factored it in. And that's what I think is going to happen. I appreciate uh, for sure you chiming in. The breaking news from this Tuesday. Senator Adam Lowry was named the Winnipeg Jets' new captain today. He's the third Jets captain since the team moved from Atlanta to Winnipeg in 2011. He follows Andrew Ladd and Blake Wheeler, who served as captain for five and six years respectively. The 30-year-old was an alternate captain for the first time last season along with Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley. The Jets didn't have a captain last season as head coach Rick Bonus and his staff wanted more voices in the dressing room. They've gone with Adam Lowry as their coach, and uh, I love it. Mature young man, everything I believe you want your captain to be. From New York, Aaron Rodgers has a torn left Achilles tendon, according to a source, and will miss the rest of the New York Jets season. An MRI this morning confirmed the four-time NFL MVP's injury. Coach Robert Sala was scheduled to speak to reporters on a video call later today. This sports update brought to you by Common Crown Brewing. They have the perfect craft beer for your enjoyment, featuring their Core 5: Good Company Hazy Pale Ale, Common Crown Crafted Lager, Journeyman IPA, Brewmaster Blonde Ale, and Cooper Smith Brown Ale. Four of which sit below 5% ABV, making them the ideal beer for your everyday common affair back to the emj text line some quick ones before we roll jim wagner writing in from balgoni he says it's not a beautiful day in the neighborhood for mr rogers no one wanted to see that unfortunately it's next man up enjoy the day all from kirk in toronto he says bmo field is the only grass field in the cfl season ticket holder since the Argos moved there in 2016 and to me to my knowledge there have been no serious injuries due to the playing surface uh and there's more but we'll get to that next hour Moose will rejoin us Mike Wilner will join us for the deep left field Jays podcast we'll be right back after this brief pause on game plus and WQEE radio
4: It seems more and more high-stakes decisions are ending up in my hands. Aeon's advanced analytics and expert insights put things in the
3: right context. It's the gut check I need to stay on top of it all. Better decisions. Aeon.